from the book of Romans, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 5, verses 15 through 21. And the reason we're looking at those verses is because last week we looked at one single verse from Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5, verse 12, where Paul talked about how sin entered the world through one man. Now, the verses that we're going to read today talk about that one sin and the results of it. But not only so, how all of that can be reversed. So the title of the message today is The Great Reversal, Grace Abounding. You'll see that in these verses as we read. Remember, we talked last week about one sin. Now let's see what that one sin did and what can happen as a result of what Christ has done. Beginning to read in verse 15. But the free gift is not like the trespass. That's the one sin, the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience will many be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, great grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, from the outset of the book of Romans, Paul has been approaching this verse, Romans 5.12, and he tells us about a great catastrophe that happened. And he outlines the impact of that catastrophe in the verses that we just read. All through this book, we've been talking about that catastrophe first, it was a spiritual catastrophe. As Paul outlined it in chapter 1, he said, Men immediately took the revelation that God had given them and they corrupted it and they made God into an image of their, like, after their own likeness. Or they made God into an image like an animal or something that creeps and crawls on the ground. Or they, or they began to worship the, the heavenly bodies in space. They corrupted the revelation of God that God had given them. So there was this 
There was a spiritual catastrophe involved in this great catastrophe. And as a result of that spiritual catastrophe, there was also a moral catastrophe because men without God, men without God are incredibly empty and they need something to fill that emptiness. And so what do they seek to fill that emptiness? They pursue their own lust and their lust become darker and darker. They pursue unnatural desires and they don't satisfy so they have to go to something deeper and darker and that doesn't satisfy and they have to go to something darker than that and it's an endless spiral downward, a spiritual catastrophe and a moral catastrophe and then a complete breakdown of society so that it's a social catastrophe. And as Paul ended that chapter in chapter 1, he outlined how society in Rome was falling apart, not just society in Rome was falling apart, but society falls apart everywhere this continues. And we see it in our own country today. We see it all around us. So what he tells us in chapter 5, verse 12, that when Adam sinned in one catastrophic moment, the physical infrastructure of the universe as well as the spiritual infrastructure of, of the soul of man was so corrupted that everything, was, that everything radically changed. We don't know what the world was like before that moment. Last week we compared it to the World Trade Center. When the planes hit the World Trade Center and they collapsed, it would be as if someone uh, walked through the rubble and said, well, this is the World Trade Center. This is the way it's always been. Well, that's not the way it's always been for the soul of man. Something happened when Adam sinned. That moment, Adam opened a gate that resulted in the death of every person who would be born from that moment forward. It not only changed their physical destiny, it changed their eternal destiny. Now, you're going to hear something today that I want to try to get you to hang on to because you'll need it in the future. You'll need it every time, really, you read anything that Paul writes because what we're reading today is Christianity according to Paul. He paints this picture of what it means, really, to be in Adam, that every, all the consequences of Adam's sin, when he sinned, became mine and they became yours. Now, I know that doesn't seem quite fair, but that's the point he makes. It's the truth that he presents. When Adam sinned, something happened to our world that was irreversible, and in that moment, it happened to you and it happened to me. Whether we liked it or not, whether we wanted it to or not, we couldn't do anything about it. It just happened. But he's also going to tell us something else in just a moment. Now, look at the world around you and tell me, that something isn't broken in this world in which we live. We see it all around us. We see hatred. We see war. We see disease. We see a world that is changing. Our earth is changing in ways, and we can't control that. We might want to control it, but we can't control it because we can't control what's out there that might come crashing into our world at any moment. We have no control over this world in which we live. Everything is out of kilter. Made so from the moment Adam sinned. The Bible says, Paul will later tell us in the book of Romans, that the whole of creation went into the bondage of corruption. So we just outline it here in these verses. Verse 15, look at verse 15. He said, many died through that one man's trespass. Many. He said in verse 16, judgment followed that one trespass, bringing condemnation. Verse 17, because of that one trespass, death reigned through that one man. Verse 18, 
one trespass led to, you think it's just Adam that was condemned? No, condemnation to all men. Verse 19, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Verse 20, then the law came and sin increased. Verse 21, and sin reigned in death. Now, if you think, if you want to see a very clear picture of it, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, Paul says it simply. He says, in Adam, all die, everybody. That's the way, you know, we, we say, how do you measure catastrophe? Jesus measured one in the New Testament. He said, he said to a group of men, he said, he said, you heard about the Tower of Siloam when the Tower of Siloam fell? That, that's a New Testament story Jesus is speaking. He said, and you know, 18 were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell? He was measuring the catastrophe. They thought that was awful. Well, how about 2,977 when the World Trade Centers collapsed? That's awful. That's a catastrophe. How about 6.4 million people dying from COVID? That's a catastrophe. But when Adam sinned, everybody dies. Everybody, everybody in the world born would be born to die from that moment forward. That's the catastrophe. And you can't hide from it. So we look at Romans chapter 5, verse 12 here. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. By the way, now, that all sinned is, is, is in the Greek, it's written in an aorist tense, which means it happened at that moment, made sinners, all condemnation, all died, all sinned. Everything he's been talking about happened in the moment that Adam sinned. You say, how is that fair? How is that right? How did we sin in Adam? How is that the case? Why is that true? Why did we die in Adam? Well, now we're going to look at the great comparison and the great contrast because that's what Paul is doing. And he connects you to Adam. But You don't want to be connected to Adam. I don't want to be connected, but he connects all of us to Adam. It's very important because he's about to connect you to someone else. Now remember, this is Paul's emphasis. We're going to see this. What happened when Adam sinned happened to all of us. And what happened through Christ's obedience can happen to all of us. It can be ours. In a sense, what happened to Adam, the sin, the judgment, the condemnation, the death that was all poured out on us is an awful truth. And Paul lays it out because he wants to present the other side of it. And so we go right back to verse 15. And now we look at the contrast or the comparison. He begins talking about the free gift. And by the way, the word gift here is the Greek word charisma, which means a gift of grace, a favor which one, one receives without any merit of his own. What's this gift that he's talking about? Look at verse 15. He says, the free gift is not like the trespass. The grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And it's important that you see all that happened in Adam. That great catastrophe, it happened to you, it happened to me, it happened through one man. Sin entered the world and death through sin uh, and it spread to all men because in Adam all sinned. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, I alluded to a minute ago, says, In Adam all die. Paul 
again in that verse presents the very same contrast he's trying to say here, but he presented it all in one verse. He said, in Adam all die. That's the one side of it. In Christ shall all be made alive. That's the point he's making here. That's the contrast he's setting forth. He's about to show you what can be true in your life when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. We sang it in the song a while ago. You, did, you, did you sing that part of it? I love that part. I've got to find mine. Mine are keys to Zion City, where beside the king I walk. This is the point that he's making at this, at this juncture. So many, uh, but in Christ, through Christ, God's grace abounds for many. The word abounds, by the way, in the Greek means to exceed a fixed number or measure. Now, we can't measure, probably, we can't say how many sins have been sinned, but let's just say there, there is at least as many sins that have been sinned since Adam as there is uh, trillions of dollars in our national debt, and we can't fathom that either. We can't fathom how big that is. It's, it's bigger than we can dream, bigger than we can fix, probably, and so sin is just that big. It's bigger than you can imagine more sins have been committed, but listen to what he says. Here's what this word means. It means to exceed a fixed number or measure so as to abound or overflow as in furnishing a need so that it exceeds what is required to meet that need and so overflows the requirement of all needs. That happens through the grace of one man, the Lord Jesus Christ, in these verses Paul shows us how that all that became ours in Adam can be reversed in Jesus Christ. Now, verse 16 and 17. The free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. The judgment following that trespass was condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned, that means to be king or exercise kingly power, through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign to be king or reign in kingly power in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Verses 18 and 19. Therefore, as one trespass, that's Adam's sin in the garden, led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness, that is Christ's death on the cross, leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Now what have we said? The door that Adam opened can only be shut by Jesus Christ. The only way this catastrophe can be reversed is by the coming of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, and his resurrection from the dead. Now let's think about what Paul is saying. What Adam did, the consequences of Adam's sin, were passed to me automatically. I don't like that. I don't think that's fair. I'm not happy about that. But it is a fact as Paul said it. It happened. Adam sinned, and when he sinned, everything came to a screeching halt, so to speak. Death came into the world, and all the consequences of sin 
you look, it came into his own life. I talked to someone this week, and they said, I asked them how they were doing. They said, life is hard. I said, and I think I insulted them, really. I said, I, I think that's how it's supposed to be. Isn't it? Isn't it? I mean, you don't know it yet, but it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. If you're 16 and you think life is not hard, wait till you're 66 or 76 or 86. It gets worse. It gets harder. That's what God told Adam in the garden. It's fixing to be a mess, boy. You have messed up big time. This easy life you have, this wonderful life, is all about to fall apart. And it wasn't long before he had one son that killed another. And it just got worse from there. And it's continued to get worse, if you've noticed. And now what he's going to tell us is about the great reversal. We're going to look at the great reversal. What Adam did passed to me automatically. It was mine whether I wanted it or not. What Christ did, the consequences of what Christ did when he came and when he died on the cross can be mine. But it's not automatic. You must believe in him. You must put your faith in him. Now, what have we been saying in this fifth chapter? We've heard Paul say a number of things. For the first time in this fifth chapter, we heard him talk about the love of God in the book of Romans. He said, God demonstrated his love toward us and that he sent Christ to die for us while we were sinners, by the way. He said, we are saved from the wrath of God through him. You're declared right with God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, what does it mean to be made right with God? Well, it means to be as right with God as Adam was right with God before Adam sinned. Do you have any idea what that's like? No, you don't, but that's what it means to be as right with God as Adam was right with God before Adam sinned. What he did not only reverses the consequences of Adam's one sin, but it reverses the consequences of every sin that has been committed to that from that day to this or that will be committed. So to the extent that the reversal so overflows the need as to abound, grace abounds so that although it's undeserved for all of us. Now finally, we need to talk about the potential impact of this upon your life and mine. When Adam sinned, sin came into the world, death came into the world, but to reverse all of this, Christ came into the world. How does that impact me? Well, first, it has the potential, and you'll notice I'm saying the potential. The potential is not automatic. It has the potential of changing the trajectory of your entire life. It tells you it tells you that you don't have to live under the reign of death or the fear of death. Christ came to deliver you from that. You can have peace with God. You no longer have to live under the dread of judgment. What Christ did for you has the potential to change your eternal destiny. In other words, here's the picture. Everything, all the consequences of Adam's sin are yours. Every one of them. The complicated life, the hard life, the thorns and thistles that grew up under his feet, uh, the pain and childbirth for the woman, uh, the death that came, the, the, the doom, the condemnation, the judgment, all of that, all of those are yours in Adam, want it or not. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, 
the potential that all the consequences of that can become yours. What is that? What are those consequences? And in, 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 in by trusting Christ as your Savior, all that is yours in Adam, want it or not, is reversed in Christ. So that you have the hope of heaven, the hope of eternal life, the hope of peace with God, the hope of forgiveness of your sins, the hope of being saved from the wrath of God, the hope of being delivered from the fear of death, a fear, by the way, that the Bible says you've been in bondage to all your life until you get to verse 17. You see here, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So the question is this morning, have you received this gift that God wants to give you? Have you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you come to believe in him as the answer to the problem of sin? Whose sin? Well, first Adam's sin, what he did and the consequences that it brought to you and the complications that it brought to your life and the complication that sin continues to bring into your life because of your own sin and the judgment that continues to pile up against you because of your own sin. You're going to have to face that because it belongs to you. You own that. It can all be reversed when you put your faith in Christ because when you put your faith in Christ, no longer are you in Adam. You are in Christ. And everything that belongs to Christ belongs to you. So that you can say, I don't even belong here anymore. I'm a citizen of heaven out of which I wait for a savior. I'm not a U.S. citizen. I'm not a citizen of the state of Mississippi. I have the keys to Zion City where beside the king I walk and I have the hope of heaven in my heart and I have forgiveness of my sin and all of my sin because the grace of Jesus Christ so abounds for me that it overflows and I no longer have any fear because I'm not in Adam anymore. I'm in Christ. And that's Christianity, according to Paul. Let's pray.